Welcome to the Cowfish Show, an exploration in human evolution, raising consciousness, creating happiness, fulfillment, and love one soul at a time. I'm E.L. Brooks, a newly awakened soul on a mission to help people find their happiness and truth. And I'm Lindsay Kimura, a happiness explorer empowering humans in wisdom and understanding. The universe united us to share our passions. Welcome, Welcome to, to our, our show. show. Hey, 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 guys. I'm Eric. Welcome. And I'm Lindsay. Welcome back. Yeah. So um, this is uh, probably our most anticipated show as we're going to talk about love. And I'll get into that. Um, but um, real quick, because we film in advance. And I think by the time this airs, um, we want to give a little shout out to our sponsor, Magnum, who will be um, sponsoring the Arnold Sports Festival, uh, which is in Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, from the dates of February 28th to the 3rd, I do believe, from March 3rd. Uh, they are, are the official timekeeper of the Strongman competition, as well as the official timekeeper for the overall Arnold Sports Festival convention. So um, jumping right into it, because this is, this is going to be a two-part series, um, because there's a lot to cover. And this is uh, season one, episode six, part one of the hidden secrets of love and relationships, why we have it all wrong, um, what we need to unlearn and learn about love. So, Hey guys, so I think this episode is taking place right before Valentine's Day, which is exciting. So we're, we have a little sandwich for you guys. We'll have episode or part one of this love episode mm -hmm. today. And then part two will be after Valentine's Day. So stay tuned. Uh, so love. We could go in so many directions with this, Eric. I know our first episode was on happiness, which Eric and I, we tend to cover these really, really big topics in 25 to 30 minutes. So I would say we have to define love. I feel like I always start with that, right, Eric? Like we have to define what it is, right? Love, being connection. I'll let you give your definition of love, but... Um, to me, it's connection with self, connection with others, uh, that universal compassion, soft type of love. And I would say the deeper that we go with ourselves, so the more we talk about know thyself, master thyself, and the deeper we understand ourselves on all subtle body layers. So I love subtle bodies so much. We talk about subtle bodies. Uh, so subtle bodies being the mental body the emotional body, the etheric body, the um, the physical body, and the spiritual body. So when we talk about love, I feel like we need to connect with ourselves first mm -hmm. and on deeper levels on all of our bodies in order to receive and expect that reciprocation and connection back from another so the way what I look for if we're speaking of romantic partnership is how does that person treat themselves so how does that person think how do they um, express themselves emotionally what is their energy like? What's their spiritual body? And like we talked about in episode two, it's not from a place of judgment, good or bad or right or wrong. It's more just 
observation, discernment, because you do want to be discerning with who you share your energies with on a more intimate level. Um, so one, looking at how you treat yourself on all the subtle body layers, and then how I, somebody else, maybe that romantic, that potential romantic partner uh, treats him or herself. And one thing I love to think about is the deeper we go with ourselves on all levels, the deeper we can go with another person. And I look at connection as multiple fibers. And the more touch points or fibers, threads you weave together with someone, the more locked and connected you can be, but still flexible like fabric, not like a rigid gear coming together. Yeah. And it becomes so fluid and... and uh, almost like a dance, a harmony, that infinity. I'm wearing my infinity bracelet. I don't know if you can see it, but <laughs> nice. probably not. But it's the infinity sign. And actually it was given to me by an ex of six years. And it was the one thing that I didn't get rid of from him because I'm like, there's so much more in this than the fact that we broke up. And what I realized from that relationship is that even though the physical connection is lost, like we don't see each other anymore. The eat, the love was eternal and love doesn't die. It's the loss that hurts us. It's the, the feelings that come with that, that really stirs us up. But really that eternal love is what we can focus on, um, not only romantically, but compassionately. And I think, sorry, Eric, I'm, I'm going on. Oh, no, this is okay, doing great. Okay, I'll, I'll keep hey, talking. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you some time yeah. to talk. Um, but with, it's a big topic. Yeah, a big topic. I always think about love because sometimes I feel like I'm loving so much that it's almost, am I too much, like giving out too much? Where sometimes, yes, you could hurt yourself if you're like, I'm so vulnerable, but not, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. We'll talk more about that. But it reminds me of different pets. Like some pets just love everybody they come in contact with. They're on their laps. They're rubbing their face on you. Mm -hmm. And then other cats like love certain people. Um, so I'm the type of cat that's like, I'm loving everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but it makes me think about how in our English language, love is a singular word for a certain thing that means something different to everybody. But in, I think it's the Greek language. Um, I may be wrong. I'll correct it in the show notes if so. But there are 40 different ways to, um, to express love. Like there are 40 words for love, different words, and the, they have different meanings. So it's like that it helps you delineate and express love for certain things in a different way. So for example, uh, the way you love certain friends feels so heartfelt and so connected, almost like you'd love a romantic partner minus maybe the sexual activity. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing I wanted to talk about is you can love people so intimately and deeply. And really what I think in our society uh, in particular is what differentiates love amongst different people, whether it's a romantic partner or just somebody you love very much, is that physical intimacy. Uh, because really you can have mm -hmm. everything with anybody if you're open to it yes. rather than um, – you know, thinking like, oh, well, I, I have one lover. I have to be monogamous. I mean, I'm not um, advocating <laughs> that you should just sleep with everyone, but I'm saying uh -huh. that you can share such deep love with yourself and with everybody, um, but maybe you discern like who you 
get intimate with on a physical level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then another thing I want to talk about, I feel like no, I'm go, rambling go on this it. episode, thing, yeah. is it's, that I didn't know I two, had so much to say on love. Parts, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so another thing we want to think about is um, uh, where on what bodies we're connecting with a person. Like, are we mentally connected, but we don't have that that physical connection are we emotionally tied but there's nothing going on on up on the intellectual front are we spiritual soulmates but like logistically and practically things don't work so i think it's important to look at like parse out what's working in a relationship and where you're connecting with someone and um you can delineate it doesn't just have to be uh one one thing like oh we vibe or we don't vibe. It's like, well, where do you vibe? Like what levels, what layers do you vibe on? And by doing that, you can kind of see uh, what, where you can can evolve or grow. And yes, now that I've just jumped around in every <laughs> possible topic, hopefully, yeah. Eric, you'll, you'll focus the conversation. <laughs> well, I think I think what you were um, talking about is uh, is vibing, vibrating on love. And that's something that's very new for me when I found inner peace. And I shifted, um, and when you get rid of the ego in first level consciousness, everything like that, the ego doesn't serve. Um, and the ego is what we find in human love, and we'll talk about that. Um, but I think what you're talking about is something that I'm experiencing now, which is when you vibrate on love, all your intentionality is completely different, and you have a deeper connection with everybody because you are not judging. Um, and when you have a deeper connection, I think as I was able to see in other people's eyes, I think they're able to see it in your eyes. And I've been having so many different conversations where people just are so vulnerable with me because I think the soul kind of recognizes the soul. Mm -hmm. um, and when they see that and you're vibrating on that, it's you just have these deeper, deeper connections. And uh, But I want to go back to the, the way that we have and, um, and the way that we frame love right now and why when we're doing it in first consciousness, why we have it all wrong. Um, so if you can put up that um, that picture. This is um, for those who are listening. Um, we're putting up a picture from the 2015 Burning Man, um, which is a sculpture by Alexander Miloff. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, but this picture, and you should Google it if you're listening after, uh, after you listen. Uh, this picture to me best represents... Uh, it's one of my favorite. I think it represents the complexities of trying to love within the narrative and in first level consciousness. You have uh, the inner soul um, that we've lost touch with um, that seeks love, reaching out to another seeking inner soul uh, represented by the inner child. Um, however, the filters and walls and false identities that we've formed over the years results in um, by the narratives don't allow us to be vulnerable or to be seen, which is represented by the two adults that are sitting fetal style with their backs towards, towards one another. And to me, that represents everything in human love. Human love is the lowest form of love. Um, it changes, it varies because it's based in fear. It's based in insecurities. Um, and so as we know, and we talked about in previous episodes, fear and love cannot coexist. Love does not live in fear and fear does not live in love. So when we, and this is the, this is the real big one, as we love in first level consciousness and human love, I guarantee you, every one of us, because I did, every one of us has what I refer to as a fear love script. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and my fear love script was I'm going to get you before you get me. Right. Because I was in the music industry and I saw a lot of um, people that were a lot of women that I framed or, you know, and this is all just my illu illusion. Right. Of witnessing certain things that took place. And I was like, wow, you know, these women are really kind of out to get people that are in the industry. Right. So my my fear love script was I'm going to get you before you get me. Um, some of the people that I coach or friends that I talk to, their fear love scripts, especially some of the women, is every man that I date is eventually going to cheat on me. Um, you know, another one, um, I'm not going to mention any names or anything. Um, her fear love script is I don't need a man to make me happy. Well, yes, you do, because, you know, our non-negotiable need as a human soul is to feel love. And so what that does is that you walk into each relationship and you say, hey, my name is so-and-so, I'm going to get you before you get me. And so you're not being vulnerable. You have your walls up. Um, we're taught in first level consciousness as a, as a, as a man, I was taught growing up, growing up either by my peers or by other male figures is, you know, don't show weakness. You know, you can't tell her that you love her <laughs> first. You can't be that guy. You know what I mean? Um, you can't text back because, you know, or you got to wait three days. Otherwise, you show that you're too desperate and all that. So we end up playing games, you know, whereas when you at the level I'm at now, right, when you start vibrating in love, it's just like there's no fear. There's no, you know, you're just you're like, hey, you know what? You're interesting. I really think that you're beautiful and blah, blah, blah. And you just you're you're pure. And that's what we as a default species we we are. But as we grow up, we get into these situations where we may have one bad experience and once again we have the the, the meaning making machine as children and as adolescents that we frame and make certain things happen or make meanings of it and we say hey that hurt the ego says hey i didn't like that that hurts let's do everything to avoid that yeah. um and so it allows us not to be vulnerable and vulnerable Ability is the pathway to love. And so what I say is when you're first lo uh, level of consciousness, we don't love, we fear. We know how to fear. We don't know how to love. So we tap into our insecurities. And I, I was listening to, um, now I'm, now I'm hogging the mic. No, no. <laughs> hogging okay. the mic. I feel like we have so much to say on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um So I was listening to the, the, the person, a personality on the, t uh, on the radio show. And they were joking around. He's like, yeah, man, you know, hey, you know, we was talking about this. My relationship um, was going to the next level where my, my girlfriend just asked for my password. And I was just thinking to myself, like, you know, that's that's her issues. Like she if she's not trusting, there's absolutely nothing that that person can do to ever make her be trusting. That's her own issue that she has to get over. And by accessing passwords, it's passwords today. It's something, it's always going to be something until that person fixes themselves. So um, I'll let you um, talk yeah. about certain yeah, things I would about say, that, insecurities um, and stuff. Yeah, insecurities. So one exercise that you can do to help you actually see what's going on in your subconscious or start to delve into the subconscious is to ask yourself, and journal this, write it on a piece of paper. What do I think of men? What do I think of women? What do I think of my romantic partner? And see what comes up. And you'll be surprised to, to, to see what your 
kind of underlying thoughts are like at one point in my life I did the exercise it's like what do I think I've of men and it was like oh they can't be trusted they can't be um you can't rely on them because you need to take care of yourself um you know be cautious and I'm like if I'm going out into the world with those beliefs which I wasn't aware that I had them until I did that writing exercise then that's what I'm going to attract I'm going to attract a fear-based partnership um, cheating, all of that. And it was because I was putting it out there. And it's probably because in the past, I saw relationships that had infidelity and that didn't work. And that's what my view of relationships could be. So I think a lot of it is like, what kind of relationship did your parents have? Because as a kid, that's what you're, you're seeing. And that's what you're you think is normal. So if your parents are very loving and affectionate, then you may be more loving and affectionate. If your parents are bickering, fighting, um, calling each other names, or you don't have two parents, or maybe you don't have any parents, then you're going to look at partnership in a very different way until we can clear all those blocks. And not to say we have to be perfect and clear everything, but until we can get through those layers and realize that it's not what we saw as kids. We have the freedom and the power to choose how we we want to be and how much we want to be vulnerable and to share. Uh, and the more we open, like you said, Eric, the more we can attract that um, pure connection. There's less, like in that Alexander um, uh, sculpture, there's less of that that rigid framework or the mental stuckness that that happens. So I would say to try that exercise. And one realization, because I I do readings, and a lot of people ask, like, when am I going to find my love? Is this person the right one for me? Um, People ask about love a lot. And what always comes through in the readings is that you actually have I think I may have talked about this on a prior episode. But there are more people than you think that could be the one. So people in your life right now could actually be potential romantic partners uh, where we don't realize it because we have a laundry list of things that we're looking for in somebody. And if they don't hit all those check marks, then you're like, oh, no, that's not the one. Not soul connection. They're Oh, they don't have blonde hair. They're not this, you know, X, Y, and Z. But I think the biggest takeaway from doing these, seeing this in the readings is that if we are open to and allow a person to evolve and grow and they do the same, uh, there's a lot more potential for connection than we think. And I'm not saying to not be discerning and to do things that you don't want to do or if you don't get the right feeling about somebody, not to pursue it just because they're there and in your life at the moment, but um, to just give that space and have the balance between the surrendering aspect what comes to you and then going after and having that give take yeah yeah um there's so much i'm looking at my notes there's so much to cover in half an hour and kind of impossible (laughs) um i want to go back to the fear script um, because it really it's self-fulfilling so if you don't correct that a takeaway is like if you don't correct that um you'll always have a loop and i notice um, the people that i um, consult or whatever, they seem to have a repetitive, and I did too, you have a repetitive theme. You end up dating the same person. You, you end up dating the same person because you have the same script. story. You have the same script mm-hmm. that you're not changing. Um, and one thing I want to tell people is that um, 
the one thing that I learned, which was, which I kind of knew, but you know, when I did the research, it was like really kind of eye mind blowing and eye opening is that, uh, like you said, um, you have to look at the way that we are brought up. So the way that we love, um, sits on top of our childhood. Um, once again, it's the, that magic age from one to seven, um, we form some sort of attachment. There's different types of attachments. I'm not going to get into them, but, 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 um, there's some healthy attachments and there's, there's unhealthy attachments and whatever our attachment is that we, um, the, the meaning making machine says, okay, this is how love is. And subconsciously what we end up doing is we think that we're actually searching for someone to make us happy. Mm-hmm. We're actually searching for someone to make us feel familiar with the way that we viewed love as a child. Um, that's why certain people can get into abusive relationships. You're like, and this is also why, for me, I'm going to tell this really quick story about um, the first time. It wasn't like heartbroken or anything like this, but it was. It was I was dating this girl who kept going back to her ex, and all of her friends were like, "Oh, Eric, you're so good. This guy's a loser," and blah 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 blah. Um, and you know, we had like a really cool connection, and you know, I was successful, and this guy was a total loser. But looking back, like it was her. That was her comfort. You know, and you can only love someone as much as they will allow you to love them. And then also um, a person will only will will um, accept the level of love that they think that they are worthy of. And so even her in her own voice would tell me, it's like, you are a really good guy. You are like, you know, I really should be with you and all this other stuff. But she her subconscious familiarity um, was with someone who abused her mentally, not, she wasn't physically abused, but just mentally. And that's what, um, she was familiar with in growing up in her surroundings. Um, and so first level of consciousness, uh, is a result of human love. And like I said, human love is the lowest form of love. Um, you usually are dealing with two broken souls. And so when you have two broken souls, um, what are you going to get? You're going to get brokenness but here's the aha moment so um human love is in place only to um transform us so all of our relationships whether they be romantic um um, friendships and stuff like that all of our relationships are meant to um their assignments their spiritual assignments to push us once again you know going back to the previous um, um episode um, is meant to pull us in the right direction and heal from those traumas, like the early, you know, childhood stuff that we saw. Um, and so when we ascend, um, there's three types of love. There's human love. Uh, and, I, and ironically, they kind of go with um, the journey that I mentioned um, in the previous episode. So human love is what we experience and it's all based in fear. So insecurities, um, we have our scripts that we're um, adhering to and we get our heart broken, right? But but it's, I call it broken open. So broken yeah. broken open is, you want to say something? Oh yeah, I was going to say maybe um, looking at that human love as like this three-dimensional love, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's just surface level it's exactly it's yeah. surface love because it's all based on like i call there's you know subsets of i call opportunity love i call desperate love i call um there's a lot of women that 
um, want to have a baby, you know, so they're like, they, they settle for Mr. Right and not Mr. Right now instead of Mr. Right. Uh, there's opportunity love where it's like, okay, I know I'm not really in love with him, but maybe I'll fall in love with him because he's a good provider, so to speak. Um, all of those are all material. They have no, there's no substance behind it. Um, and that they are referring, this is what I learned from you actually, so oh. props to, to Lindsay, <laughs> is that those relationships are called assignment karmic relationships. And they are spiritual assignments to move us and transform us into, hopefully, spiritual love, which is the next level of love. Um, and when you uh, are dealing in spiritual love, you're typically, you're usually dealing with healthy individuals and healthy, you know, healthy people have healthy relationships. So there's no insecurities. There's, there, you know, um, there, there will always be misunderstandings, but the misunderstandings don't trigger insecurities. The misunderstandings is like, hey, you know what, I mean, when you did that, it made me feel whatever. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you felt that way. It's like you're, 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 you're talking and you're being vulnerable. You're being, there's no like, you know, um, a, a lot of us tend to um, hold stuff in when we're in first level consciousness um, because we fit, we, for fear of, our biggest fear is being seen and being rejected. So we don't want to necessarily say things to trigger somebody else, even though we're being triggered and we're being affected. But we're like we hold our our breath um, and we don't say things because we we are fearful that it may trigger them. And then the relationship ends. Right. Yes. Um, none of that really kind of exists when you're in spiritual love because everyone is vibrating uh, in love and the intentionalities are pure and his kindness is empathy is compassion, all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. And I think that communication, whatever form of love you are in or whatever you're vibrating on is so key. So being able to communicate and not holding anything in, being able to express your emotions through action, through receptivity and just being present for your partner and, and speaking your feelings and your truth and oftentimes speaking comes with knowing what you're feeling so that's going back again to what I talked about at the beginning which was tapping into yourself so in part two we'll talk about effective ways to communicate conscious versus karmic relationships um, how relationships can be mirrors and reflect back to you things that you need to learn potential um, places to grow uh, areas to develop or evolve in and I'm sure many other topics but um, <laughs> yeah I think that's it on my end for part one uh, okay for part one I have a few takeaways I'm going to read um, um, my first takeaway is remember that we don't see things as they are we see things as we are um, healthy people have healthy relationships broken people have broken relationships bottom line first level of consciousness you're vib vibrating in fear so if you want love, you must become love. You have to be love, and then you will attract love. Um, number four, the ego isolates and creates separation. So the ego never serves. It is there really only to cage us in. Um, and then um, I would say that uh, don't get caught up with confusing companionship versus love. Um, don't make, uh, don't mistake a lesson for a soulmate uh, or soulmate for a lesson remember that lessons um, that all of our relationships are lessons meant to transform us um, and also 
my biggest takeaway is we need to, a lot of people don't even know what their love language is, how, how they interpret love, um, which I think is a really big miscue um, that happened in my marriage with, um, you know, I, my, my two love languages are physical touch and quality time. And my ex's love language was acts of service, which is one of my worst. Um, I'm just not really good at doing acts of service. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and so that can create tension and um, you can miss each other on that. And um, um, so I advise everyone to figure out what their love language is. That way you can know what to look for in your partner. So if you can put up the the link, um, there's a test that everyone can take. It's... Um, www.5lovelanguages.com forward slash profile forward slash and that's Gary's Chapman's love quiz um, that you should take and um, identify what your love language is um, because once again that's how we interpret and how we we perceive love so yeah and I think we should definitely talk about love language is on the next part because that's another big one. Yeah. Uh, what language are you speaking? And that goes back to communication. Uh, so thank you all so much for tuning in to season one, episode six on love. And next week we'll have part two. Yeah. And um, thank you guys. And don't forget to look at previous episodes and also follow us and, and uh, send us um, some feedback. Appreciate yep. you guys. Thanks guys. Yep. Thank you for tuning into The Cowfish Show. Check back for future episodes on raising consciousness, creating happiness, fulfillment, and love. And remember to find us and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at The Cowfish Show.